0: Alright folks, welcome to the weekly matches needed show, I'm at home today, i uh, joined of course my regular co-host of Fantastic comic McGuigan, immediately after the United
1: Sheriff game, how you doing mate? Okay, mate, hopefully a lot more slagging on my moustache today, it's going to get even worse through November, so anyone watching this just continue to, to batter me but for it, it's all good. The, the moustache must, the is going to get worse or what? Yeah, oh, it's
0: going to get way worse. So we'll have a we'll have a, we'll have a look at that there over, the, over the, the, and make sure that you get tortured that's the only reasonable thing to do um very <laughs> big, big result of course uh at the weekend against chelsea good win for united tonight uh we haven't recorded since chelsea i'm talking a little bit about that and talking a bit about it, of course um, the result against Sheriff tonight. Uh, we'll talk about some of the other things that I mentioned in my message yesterday about Benjamin Sisko, Edwin van der Schaar, and a couple of other things. If you have any comments for us, any questions for us, go ahead and tweet us. Uh, or leave some comments and we will get to them. Uh, first of all, make a quick, uh, what was your view on tonight?
1: Good game. It was good to see Garnaccio play. Um, would have liked to see movies of Anik well as well, just because we should be beating that opposition with a couple of kids out there. But all in all, mm. good game. I mean, including Ronaldo in the squad, I think people will be surprised at me saying this, but I don't think he should have been after everything. Mm. Um, I've really take a, taken a stance that normally I wouldn't. Um, But look, he was included, he scored a goal. I think the inclusion of Ronaldo sums up the problems at United in terms of the recruitment. And it shows that we have no one else that Ten Hag feels comfortable with in attack. So it's one of those things. Ronaldo's mm-hmm. going to play when he, whether he leaves in January, and that's another question. But like, let's get him back scoring goals and see where we can go from here.
0: Yeah, well, I'll get to Ronaldo. I'll give you my views on him in a minute. Uh, tonight, I'm going to use a word that we rarely use: routine, and uh, a mm-hmm. routine win against a team that yeah, it should be beaten. Let's be honest, regardless of the state United are in. I think what's encouraging. If you look at Ten Hag's comments before the game, I, I, I thought they were encouraging when he said that um, impressed him in training and he's earned that play, that place. And I think there's two things two things to take from that. One, the fact that he's earned a place, which is exactly what's happened at United, and that applies to Ronaldo and applies to everyone else. You have to earn a place in this team now. You don't, you don't get a 6-10 a to 10 game or 15 game run of performance then in a the team. You have to play well. One bad game can get you dropped, as Molassia found out. Um, and I think that is extremely encouraging. We've been missing that for so so long. So, um, and Garnacho is an exceptional young talent. Uh, if between him and I
1: Yes, of course. But, but
0: down, remember, he's only eighteen. I, I could agree with you. Do with a loan, consistent football at the at even at Championship level would do him the world of good. But here's the thing, you have to be really careful about loans. I mean, Ahmad hasn't exactly lit up on loans, right? And I've been disappointed in him. But if you look at Jimmy Garner, Jimmy Garner had a really bad loan. It was away at Swansea, I believe. He ended up going to Forest. That was the rate right loan. Turned out, worked out well for him, developed. You get the right football club where you're not just being brought to sit in a bench, where you're actually entitled to someone's plans, where they value you. You're not just a bench filler you're at the right football club that plays in a way that you play, that doesn't have chaos in the dressing room, then I think that is very, very good. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, every time I've seen Gonacho play, he excites me every single time. I thought he had a brilliant preseason. season thought he played really well. Um, and And he's definitely very, very exciting for the future. So it's great to see him play tonight. I thought he played well tonight. And look, sometimes it's not just about playing the game it's about playing the um, playing the occasion because when you're a young player like that you have you, you have so much work to do to, to stay in the team um, especially this team and I have to say when I watch Garnacho I'm left with the conclusion that Jaden Sancho is not a winger
1: I can understand where you're coming from and I think Sancho's riding the correct wave at the moment in terms of he's not really performing in and out every week but I think the same could be said for Anthony who for one reason or another is at half time today um, I said on this podcast a few weeks ago uh, I haven't seen much from him and your argument was well he scored three goals in the past three games in the Premier League what more do you want from him? Um, To be honest I mm-hmm. understand where you're coming from and I get that argument but at the end of the day neither winger's really shown anything Granacho, I would like to see a bit more from in coming weeks coming off the bench we haven't seen that yet is is there well, an opportunity played. for him to? Yeah, that's what I mean. We haven't seen that yet <clears> in terms of coming off the bench. So, is there an opportunity for him to break into this team? Absolutely. Jaden Sancho isn't a world beater Jaden Sancho isn't putting in a nine or and a ten performance every week. So, there's an opportunity for the natural to break into this side, and I'd love to see it. But again, I do think he would benefit from alone. Another player I was really impressed with tonight was Victor Lindelof, and obviously with mm. with Ferran being out, there's an opportunity for him to step in into the side in the coming weeks. Whether he does or not is another question. I'm not too sure if he'll start at the weekend. I would like to see him start at the weekend because I think on merit he deserves it. And Ten Hag has shown in previous weeks he's gone by who's impressed the most. And, and Lindelof, for me, was great
0: to me. I think he's been really, really good every time he's come in. He hasn't put a foot wrong, to be honest. I thought um, he, in my opinion, is third-choice centre-back, Maguire's fourth. Um that's based on form. It's based on what I've seen. Uh, I would trust at this point Maguire, or Lindelof would trust Maguire. It's not a criticism of Maguire. It's more a compliment of Victor Lindelof and how well he's been playing. Um, I think, um, you know, when you look at some of the other, you know, positions that uh, I think we've seen Casemiro really grow into being an air player uh, the last few weeks, I think uh, when it comes to the way players, I st- Maybe it's confidence, I don't know. But I don't see the things in Jadon Sancho that I see in a traditional winger. I don't see the pace. I don't see him wanting to take people on, beat players. If you look at his goals this season, all of them have come from central positions. I think he's more suited to a central position. I don't think anybody can get him in a team in a central position. But I thought he was really poor against Chelsea. Um, I, I think since that three-week break, where you needed, of course, when when the Queen died, prior to that he was excellent. Uh, it it he just hasn't recovered, and he is a young lad that has to be looking at that World Cup. Going, I think he'll make a squad all right, but he he should be concerned because his form has been 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 a bit poor the last few weeks.
1: What What's the answer then, in, in your opinion? Do mm. Do you push Riceford out I don't on the know. left? Do you? Do so you you switch Anthony out left and see how he is on the left hand side instead of this cutting inside every single time? Because again, that that's a thing with our wingers. We have no out and out wingers at the moment. They're both they're both cutting inside. They're, we're we're never hitting the byline and getting across. Yeah. And I know we're not a team that crosses the ball essentially. But when you've got someone like Ronaldo in some of these games when he's playing and, and he can get his head in the ball, why we're we not doing that?
0: I think, to be fair, the way United play their way players is they play them as inverted wingers, as in, inside forwards. I don't think they play the old traditional winger, get to the byline, knock a ball in the box. I think United's game plan, is especially up front, um, is, is it, it, to me, it's a, bit, uh, it's a bit simplistic. It always reminds me of David Moyes against Fulham, where United launched 45 balls in the box and nobody got on the end of one. You know, if you look at... Um, right you look at city you look at all these top teams they have inverted forwards inverted wingers that play close to a central striker they don't really hug the line and i think that's a directive that you need to give their players um i would say anthony is a traditional winger in many ways um i think what we have to be if you look at gabby jesus gabby jesus started um like a house on fire gabby jesus who goals cool to straight up right this is uh, if you, you look at other wingers, you look at Sterling. Sterling scored one goal for Chelsea this season. Um, you look at you know it's peers, Very few wingers are scoring with regularity, are scoring goals. You know every three games, every two games. When I said that about Anthony, he just scored three and three. I don't think you could expect more than him from him from a player that had just joined the Premier League. Jaden Sancho scored three goals this season? and he's in his second season as a Manchester United winger and he's English and we're still talking about him settling, we're talking about a Brazilian kid that's come from Holland young player with a massive price tag on his shoulders into a developing team, I'm not sure you can expect much more from him, uh, he should have scored against Chelsea at the weekend, no question uh, yeah, but I have to say he excites me, he creates he's dangerous, he runs the players with pace and yes he cuts inside but Barcelona played four three three with that great team every single week. You knew what they were going to do, but you couldn't stop them. It's a question: is isn't that you know what they're going to do? Is are you good enough to stop them? And even in the games that Anthony hasn't scored, he's hit the post. He's been dangerous. You know, he's always trying to make something happen. He's direct. He's quick. And that to me is the opposite of what we're getting from Jaden Sancho, where he almost slows the play down because he doesn't run with pace, is he wants to stop, lift his head, look left, look right, slip balls through. That's not a winger to me.
1: I get what you're saying. So who, who's your who's your front three at the moment? I see a mustache comment there. I seen that way smart for me, so not. I know look I love it. It's ready it's ready <laughs> I'm going all I'm going all out with. This. <laughs> Um, who, who's your no, front, who's your front three then going forward I don't know at the moment, of, based on form San, Sancho Anthony and Rashford is that your front three
0: I would say that the front three and, and, and the front three in many ways um, isn't far from perfect here's the thing about your forwards they can't be costing you the game right if you look at United against Spurs the midfield build United out right because um if you look at United against Chelsea, the midfield build United out. Uh, who was the other game Rashford missed sitters against? Uh wasn't Spurs, it wasn't Chelsea, it was the game before. That. Anyway, the point is against Newcastle, right? And this is where I'm going to bring up a point about Cristiano Ronaldo. A chance falls for Marcus Rashford in the last minute, not Newcastle game, he should have scored. So if the midfield didn't score against Chelsea, if the midfield didn't score against Spurs. We'd be sitting here talking about United's front line costing them games. That can't happen, right? It's not just Rashford. It's other forwards too. You know, Jadon Sancho has to be more consistent. So if you want to be a serious football team that challenges for the title, you look at what Liverpool had to do to catch City. Salah, Firmino. Mane, all scoring goals, right? Jota, all scoring goals. United you know, will need 60-plus goals this season to finish the top four. And I think they will finish the top four. But those goals have to come from somewhere. And I put in a tweet right before the right after Newcastle games saying they need more from their midfield because at that point, they'd only have one goal and one assist from the midfielder, one goal and two assists. That's not enough. Um, since then, the midfielders have, with exceptional tonight, more or less won them. You got 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 them a points against Spurs. Got them a points against Chelsea, um, and they they they're doing what midfielders do. This is where if you look at Rashford against Chelsea, the chances that he missed a game, chances that you expect a forward to score. You're going. This is where you need to have a problem. Same with Jadon Sancho. Jaden Sancho was really really poor against Chelsea. You can't have that, right? And still you need to dominate that game. Those are supposed to be match winners, right? That, to me, is the problem. If you look at that chance that Rashford missed against Newcastle, it was in the 93rd minute. Ronaldo refusing to come on in the 88th minute, saying if Ronaldo had been already scored, Ronaldo probably wouldn't have come on the pitch. Ronaldo was 70 minutes in that game. He was awful. Um, this is where he has to say, you know what? Given my current situation, whether it's five minutes, I'm the best player in the world, if that, that's what he believes. I'll score in five minutes. I'll come on the bench and show why I should play. Right. If that chance falls to him against Newcastle and Saint scores. To me, he starts the next week. Right? You know, so uh, that the Everton game, where Rashford again, you know, chances missed. Ronaldo bailed him out. To be fair, I think this is where I get concerned about our forward lines. The, the forwards are just not consistent enough. Rashford scored tonight, good goal. But Rashford needs to be hitting 20-plus. Martial's injuries are just a major, major problem. This is a situation you'd have to address. And I'll get into the Cesco thing in a minute.
1: So, if two numpties like me and you could sit here and analyse all these problems and look at all the issues with Manchester United and come come to the the conclusion that ultimately we need a striker, we need a number nine, say, at the moment, Mm. and we need that in January because... Realistically, are we going to get sixty goals from our forward line by the end of the season? P- forward midfield. Mm, I still think it's 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 unlikely. So in January, mm, we have to be looking at a striker. Yes and no.
0: I mean, they definitely need a striker in January, but not the wrong one. You know, there was a big big um, headline yesterday about Ralph Ranick and the players that he wanted to send. This is, what, this is not new. This has been known for a long, long time. I mean, Ranić talked about some of this himself. And United didn't give Ranić money in January. And in some sense, I understand why. He was an interim manager. Um, United don't budget for Bayern in January. So the budget, whatever they spend in January, will come out of a summer's budget. So obviously the Ronaldo situation has to be concluded. This can't continue. And Ronaldo will be forgiven, Karl. Right, make no mistake. There's a statue outside of Old Trafford to a player that walked out in Manchester United more than once, right? And what George Best? What, remember what remains is the memories of his football. That's what will remain with Ronaldo once he goes. It's a sad situation. It really is, and and he deserves to be heavily criticised for his conduct. He never apologised to the fans, which I thought in his statement was was completely unacceptable. Um, those fans sang his name week in week out. They sang his name week in week out when he was at Real Madrid. They sang his name week in week out when he was at Juventus. They still sang his name tonight. He owes them, right? And the minute Ronaldo felt he was too big for United in 2009, he left, right? So here's the thing: even if you watch the goals tonight, and I don't want to be overly critical of him. You didn't celebrate him. He didn't celebrate his own, right? You watch him when Delo scored. You watch it when Rashford scored. I almost felt like he wanted to cry when Rushford scored. Score himself. I, th- I think I think you're
1: being overly critical. Like I think No, it's Ronaldo. I think, no, I, I think you're being overly critical and in looking into it. Look, I said at the start of this, I don't think Ronaldo should have been in the squad, but needs must sometimes, and that's why he is in the squad. That's why going forward we're gonna rely on Ronaldo and that, that's due to the incompetency of the board and above why? because there's been nothing done. Because there's been no strikers brought in. There's no one else that can fill the void that Ronaldo is giving us at the moment, whether it be one goal every five games or, or just that, having the option of a striker off the bench. By the way, a lot of those dirty websites you've been visiting or commenting on our video here. So going forward, we need you to stop that, big laugh. But, um, <laughs> You're the one in, with the Ron Jani mistakes. I'm thinking it's you, mate. <laughs> Not but, me. But in terms of in, in terms of Ronaldo, I think you're being overly critical that he didn't celebrate, if I'm honest. I don't I don't think Ronaldo has never been the type of player who against Sheriff of Moldova he's gonna he's, he's gonna um celebrate goals. He's, he's not been that guy. He's celebrated his own. Yeah, that's what I mean. Unless it's his own. He's not celebrated against Nicosia. No again, it, it was later on, wasn't it? He's celebrated against Nicosia, he was pounding. I, I just think I, I'm, I'm yeah, not too on. sure it, I think we're being overly critical yeah, like, I think Ronaldo no, 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 no. you Ronaldo cares about himself and, and we've, of we've, all that. we've all seen it right but they'll be critical of him because he didn't celebrate right was <laughs> well, well, against Flerov come on mate well how come he
0: celebrate his own and his was the last because it's his own goal correct but that's my point is that Ronaldo will celebrate his victories His his victories are his right and if your team happens to win Along with him, that's great. But his priority is Cristiano Ronaldo, right? If your team loses and he scores, you lost. He didn't, right? So even if he doesn't score, you lost. He didn't, right? And this has been tolerated by people because Ronaldo's been the best footballer in the world or close to it for the last 15 years, 10 years, whatever. You can tolerate that behavior. But when he's not, did you see anything tonight that says to me he should be starting games with Monday night? Because I didn't.
1: No, and again, I, I wouldn't uh I wouldn't judge him on a game like that tonight I think obviously. When do with, you judge him, man? Well, we'll judge him based on his, pre- his performances in the Premier League against that standard of opposition, which, by the way, haven't been great. And I'm not I'm not sticking up for him here, but I'm saying this is where my point's coming in that needs must. We need Ronaldo more than Ronaldo needs United at the moment. With no one else, we'll have oh, no. Man, that's real so
0: wrong. Game. I would disagree with that vehemently. <laughs> It's the opposite but is true. Who, Cristiano Ronaldo yeah, badly. Cristiano Ronaldo yeah, so had a chance Ronaldo to prove that point. Outside. But Ronaldo had a chance to prove that point this summer. Who came in for him?
1: Forget about the summer for a second. My point is, no. is right now, right now, we don't have anyone to fill the void on the bench of Ronaldo. Who Who have we got?
0: Well, in my opinion, you could play players down the middle, no problems, that would be better than what you've got with Cristiano Ronaldo, even if they're not out night strikers. I have no doubt about that. Um he he is anyway, we're not gonna spend this podcast talking about him. He's completely finished as a, as the top level footballer, completely I think blatantly is, obvious. But I
1: think at the moment I think at the moment there's not much else other than him, and that again that's down to the board and not the recruitment. I mean I would like I would love to see the likes of Vlahovic. I would love to see someone like Harry Kane. Are they realistically going to happen? Probably not. I'd love to see Son from Spurs. I think he would do an unbelievable job. You know, players like this, I'd love to see, but it just doesn't seem as if it's ever going to happen.
0: You're yeah, not getting Harry Kane. We've talked about this. Uh, Lovic was available at the time when United were not spending money. You have to like maybe you're a smart guy. United weren't spending money until they got murdered by Brantford. right? It was quite a parsimony summer. Okay.
1: But is there a point where you 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 analyze the situation? You look at what you've got. You look at going forward. What we have, we've got a decent midfield now with the addition of Casemiro. Mm-hmm. I'd say our defense is looking stronger every time mm-hmm. I look at it, and we'll probably need another right back. Even once we get that, we're not the finished product because we haven't got an out mid striker. Mm-hmm. So going mm-hmm. forward, you have to look at the big name strikers. And of you'll course, get on to Cesco, going forward, is, is, not, is Cesco the answer?
0: Well, at this point. Whatever Ten Hag says is the answer, because he's earned the right to be trusted, even if it's a player we don't like, even if it's a player we think, not sure. I mean, Arnautovic was the top goal scorer in Serie A until last week. Right? Scumbag that he is. But um, given the success of Ten Hag's sentence, given the fact that those sentence have completely revitalized like, the football club, I mean... If you want to know, you, you take a look at that Chelsea equalizer. That Chelsea equalizer may be more important than a comfortable 2 or 3 0 no win. Now, yes, the points are better, but what you need to get from that, the team spurt, right, the, 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 the collective, the, the illustration that everyone's pulling in the same direction. Cristiano Ronaldo's behaviour last season would have blended in. Now it doesn't. Now you're not part of the group. Now if you want to behave like a smacked you're going to be isolated because you've got no friends and that's the message ten hag has to win this fight because it's not just about cristiano ronaldo it's about the football club in every single previous year cristiano ronaldo wins this fight because manchester united would have turned around and said he's worked too much commercially he wins but they can't do that anymore and you know, ronaldo's is not the it? problem no no hold on let me finish mate because this is important ronaldo isn't moving into the needle anymore commercially so his impact is left to what is he doing on the pitch? Is he worth 700 grand a week? Is he worth disrupting the dressing room? The only negative really in the last few weeks has been him. That's the only, the only. I mean, we're sitting here talking about Ronaldo after wins. We shouldn't be. We should be talking about how, how much United have improved. What we saw against Chelsea, we haven't seen in a, a United team for years. That was a team performance. I said something, I believe this to be true. United are a world-class striker away. If you take a look, if you took Holland out of City, I don't think they're a million miles ahead of United. I don't think they're a million miles ahead of anyone. If you took uh, Salah out of Liverpool, you took their world-class strikers out of the teams that United are chasing. Then I don't think they're that much better. Lescano Martinez and Raphael Varane are the best centre back partnership of have had since ever or Veretin Ferdinand, and Lescano Martinez maybe one of my most favourite all time centres. Right, Christian Eriksen. I mean, if the kids weren't here, I'd have a, I'd have a treasure stone. We're wait, heck, it, right? Every time I'm watching them. I swear to God, every day, he's just a privilege to watch. The, the balance, the technique, mm. the feet, the brain, the movement, he, he never causes you a problem. He's, he's just brilliant to watch. Um, there's so many things that I like about this United team. Come on, I hear this United team last season. You not even watching them. They didn't just surrender in games last season. They surrendered their reputation. They surrendered everything. They went into games against Chelsea. They, they, I mean, take a look at what we saw With that at Casemiro. Casemiro's come in. And Christian Eriksen's come in and made a mockery of the whole Paul Pogba discussion. We need this player to unlock him. We need to adjust the Premier League. Needs this, needs this. Christian Eriksen, Paul Pogba. Jesus Christ, the contrast is massive. Right? The consistency from Eriksen. Sometimes you don't know what you're missing until you see a great player in that position. Seeing the contrast between Casemiro and Scott McTominay in that position, as much as I rate McTominay at, at certain things, the contrast is massive.
1: I agree with you, and you've just you've you've listed everything in terms of what I said of what we need in terms of a world class striker. But the the point yes. is is that Ronaldo is filling that void for me at the moment. We need to go out and spend big in January in order to finish the season, like we should be finishing the season. To be fair though, they didn't can... realize
0: well, Martial was going to get injured. Like that. I mean, it's a reasonable well, assumption that get injured why... at some point. But but if Martial's fit, we're talking, to, we're having it. We're, Here's the thing, come If Martial's fit, maybe the results are the same. Maybe United still, you know, they, they still don't beat Brantford. If you look at the games they've lost, I don't know if Martial, I mean, Martial made a difference against City, but other than that, maybe they beat Chelsea, right? Uh, maybe they beat Newcastle. But, um, you know, anyway, sorry, man. I didn't mean that. Go ahead. Yes, and I agree with you. United well, body, no, you body, know, a world-class striker.
1: We, we do. I mean, I think it's I think it's... To say something like the board didn't realise Marshall was, wasn't going to be injured, it's laughable because he's been injury prone since the minute we got him. They should have expected it. And in terms of, like, genuinely, you should have Healy Brothers for nil directors at every game where Martial plays because he's absolutely... He's, is there something wrong? He, it's like, it's ridiculous now. It's getting to the point where it's absolutely ridiculous and there is a player there. And it's unfortunate that he's injured all the time, but it's constant. So for, for you to say, I think that's, that's an unfair comment to say, Oh, uh, the board should—you know—they didn't mm. know. I think it's—it's it, it's not. They should have expected it. This is where I said we need to be proactive and not reactive because, again, we're in the situation where in January we're going to have to be reactive. We're going to have to say, "Well, we're not going to spend." You'll tell me we're not going to spend any money in January. All these people say, "Oh, the Glazers—they're they're, going to go in the summer." You know what happens in the summer? We're back to square one again. We're—we're we're at the summer. Ronaldo leaves. We have to—we have to buy someone in the summer. Everyone well, let me ask you this. Because they know, they know United are looking a striker.
0: Nah, but mate, you have to realise a year from now, in the summer, football clubs are going to be in serious financial difficulties with everything that's going on in the global financial markets. Um Secondly, I think when you look at someone like Sasco, right? Um So the situation there is, obviously he has a deal to go to Leipzig for 21 million. But there, there's a lot of people... That if you talk to him, football will say they don't think he'll ever take a ball for Leipzig. They believe that was done to protect his transfer value, and Leipzig will sell a player, but you know they're not the only club interested in him. There's other top clubs interested in him. He's big. He fits the mold of what Ten Hag wants. He fits. Yeah, if he, fucking arsehole tenders, um, I told you not that to do yeah, that when I'm working. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look look
1: at that. Look at that. That WhatsApp I to you. Uh, I'm afraid just sent me a photo of you. someone just sent me a photo of you and said that's Phil every time he talks about Eric. That's a fair representation, to be fair. Um,
0: but um, <clears throat> anyway, um, totally lost between a the
1: thought. There, what was it saying? I can't remember, but I was lost when I looked at that photo and I heard you saying, Don't know, Jeff. No, 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 listen, um. With this
0: this summer, right, the January transfer window. To be fair to United, right, I mean they spent two hundred and thirty million this summer, more than anyone else. And if you look at, you're right to say they're reactive in a sense because here's the thing: um, when if you look at the gap between last January, right, when uh when, when was there, I mean United still weren't releasing money until the last two weeks of window, right, and so. When you look at that, they didn't have the money to risk giving to Ranić to then have to come in and give it to somebody else mm-hmm. if they got it wrong. See, that's the thing about oh, you. Then, you. can't sorry. afford to get it wrong.
1: Let, let me stop you there because back a few weeks ago and you told me, ultimately Joe Glazer is the one that makes the decision mm-hmm. transfers. Correct. So if, right. come, if if Ranić's giving him a player and he doesn't like it, he's not getting it anyways. So if, if it's all going down that, that well, and that, thats the route that we're—we're we're taking things. Then, of course, we should be out players. because ultimately it's well, up to Joe Fraser yeah. to send these things off.
0: But United are not going to do that in January, mate. Right? I mean, unless well, I'm United not saying they won't, won't do it. Do it in, I, I in mean, I, I'm not saying they won't do it this January. I'm saying they didn't do it last January with a with a temporary manager in place. There was no way, right? They were going to give run. And to be fair, summer? well, they weren't going to give Ralph Ranik. 50-60 million last January and take it at Ten Hag's budget and I'm glad they didn't because that could maybe that would have meant we didn't give a Sandro Martinez maybe that means we, one of the players you need to send this summer wouldn't have sent because maybe Raniac bought someone that doesn't fit Ten Hag's you know, profile and now you've got to try to get rid of this player well,
1: so to me, me I let me right? you are you're making an omelette and you have all the, the ingredients but you haven't got any eggs what do you do? you go and buy eggs regardless of your budget you make sure you get eggs because you oh, but you to have to get in. a chef first. I mean,
0: yes, but this is... If you're mas is in point the point. kitchen, if you're mas in the kitchen making you, um, an omelette or you're waiting for, I don't know, Wolfgang Puck in the summer, right? You make sure you wait and get Wolfgang Puck the eggs instead of getting them your mas, right? So to speak, this is it's, not, it's not, about, not the same.
1: This is what angers me about, about the transfer business because you, you'll say that, you know, United don't want to blow the budget. The problem is why United don't want to spend this money is how we have overpaid on players previous, the mistakes we've made in transfer windows previous that they don't want to continue to make. But you know what? You've got your guy now and Eric Den Hag back him. Yes. No, I'm, I'm what but I'm, what I'm saying. They they might I'm, I'm I'm saying that they might very well spend in January.
0: <clears throat> uh I think if they could get Cesco in January they'd do it. Um because at the end of the day he's a player they're gonna spend in six months anyway if, they, if if they feel that they can get him. So in their opinion getting him in January, you know and taking it out of the summer budget would, is, is not an issue. You know? So if, they, if that's what needs to happen, they'll do that. They're not just going to go out and buy in January uh, anybody. They'll, it'll have to be someone. And if you look at what Ten Hag's done so far, right, he has earned the right to be trusted in the transfer market, 100%. Hasn't made one fucking bad sign, Not one. Right. Every single one of them have been an improvement, have improved the team. And I'm talking about, I, I emphasize team with a capital T. Right, because they've come in and, and bought into Ten Hag and everything that he's done. And let me tell you something, come, they, all that Allison Rudd and a lot of these people that made fun of his accent, his clothes, his language, you know, I'm making fun of them now. And if, he ended up not having an easy start. They've already played Chelsea. They've already played City. They've already played Liverpool. They've already <laughs> played Arsenal. They've already played Newcastle, right? They're due a run against Bournemouth, Forest, a bunch, a bunch of teams that they should beat, right? They're due a run. Tough game this weekend against West Ham. Very, very difficult game. And if you look at that Brentford result, may have been one of the most important results on performances in United Season because it was rock bottom and it allowed Ten Hag to be given the leverage to make major changes. There was also players that went to Joel Glazer after that game and demanded signings. right? And that's when the focus shifted from Anatovic uh, and Rabio to Casemiro and, and Antony and there's no question they're better players than what they would have said, right? So that Brentford result may be as bad as it was. One of the most important results this season, everything changed after that. And it wasn't just the players that was brought in. It was 10 half man management that I'm going to come in and make everyone run 12 miles. And I'm going to do it with you. I think that, that, that is genius to me. That's how you win the respect of people. And, What's amazing, come, is that if you just said last season about a manager getting respect, it would have been contingent upon Cristiano Ronaldo's approval. Now it's the opposite. Now, Ten Hag is quite clearly the boss of that football club. Nobody else, not the players, not Richard Arnold, not anybody else. And United cannot get in his way, they must stay out of his way, they must back him 100%. They can't do what they did with Mourinho. They can't do what they did with Solskjaer when they had two good seasons. Then they, they, they fell out a parcel. I don't think Ten Hag is the type of guy that will allow Manchester United to fall back into their old habits.
1: I agree with you. I think Ten Hag's been brilliant. And I think in terms of what what he's offered us, it's as close to Sir Alex Ferguson in terms of man management and management of the club as such, as what we've had. Because we've always had, I hate to say it, but yes, man. Apart from probably Mourinho, Van Hal wasn't either, but but the, obviously they left on, on their own terms. But in terms of what, what we have and what we get going forward with Ten Hag, something different. But the point that, that really will set Ten Hag out from the others is if Ronaldo does this again, if Ronaldo makes a, a public example of himself like he did he should be that should be it he's had one strike if this happens again yeah. and ronaldo somehow gets gets one game out and back into the the lineup like he did tonight then for me it's all wrong ronaldo should have been banished after what happened and i can't believe i'm actually saying that because i'm the biggest ronaldo fanboy there is i got slagged on this a few weeks ago for the way i was backing him what he done was totally wrong totally mm-hmm. wrong and disrespectful to the fans totally wrong and disrespectful to these teammates and not only that the ten hag so and I should never have played him tonight. And again, I think he played him out of necessity because there's no one else.
0: Here's the other thing about this, Con. Manchester United players were picking their games last season. Cavani was doing it, right? So Cavani was doing it, but he was much more discreet about it. He wasn't sitting on the bench saying I'm refusing to come on. He was faking injuries and turning around, well, allegedly, um, saying, I'm not playing. That's to me, as treacherous, is, 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 not, is refusing to come on, right? Um Mourinho was complaining about players refusing to play through the pain barrier. Going back as far back as that, what Ronaldo did personified an attitude that used to exist at Manchester United. Cristiano Ronaldo is in one a situation right now where he's not playing for Manchester United. He's playing for a move, right? He right now isn't playing to convince Ten Hag he should stay. Manchester United should start that. That that subtle science don't Right, he's not going to be as Manchester United starter, nor can he be, nor should he be. Right, what Cristiano Ronaldo is doing right now is trying to convince other football clubs that he is worth taking a risk on because he will score you goals, because he will still win you games of football. And the problem with that is when you're watching this and you're looking at him walking out. When you're looking at his attitude, when you're you know he was talking about doing an interview where he was going to out this person and out that person. When you watch him do stuff like that, all that access is deterrent. He has a World Cup coming up, right? If you turn around to a guy in mid-October and say, "If you want to leave in January, fan, you've got a World Cup coming up in four weeks." The best thing for you to do, no matter how intolerable this is, is to get your head down, try and get as much game time, go have a good World Cup, then leave. The worst thing for you to do is to do exactly what you just did. And by the way, do you want that guy to treat him your under-23s? When he first came, I thought, brilliant an example to the young players. I'm wrong, right? Because, if anything, yes, example on how to be a professional, but his attitude, right? And maybe his attitude is what made him great. I accept that, but he's had a point in his career where, as, what is it the young kid say, his arse is right checks, his mouth is writing checks and his, his arse can't cash. That's, he's, he's not good enough to deliver consistently in the top stage that makes his behaviour worth it. So he is playing for a move and he's been badly advised on all of this because he never should have put the transfer request in, in the summer until he had a serious offer. I think Chelsea... Were wanted to buy him, probably told him they were going to do it, and he felt he was. Con- I was confident it was going to happen, Tuchel got in the way. I still think that that might be forced on Graham Potter in January, but he should have had an offer, lined up concrete to leave before he behaved like he did, and then Mendes should have had him by the scruff, and Coburn said, I know this is intolerable, but don't do that, because all that's going to do, maybe he plays against Chelsea at the weekend, maybe he comes on as a sub, Maybe that's the best chance he has of getting the outcome that he wants.
1: I think I think the best thing to come out of it was obviously Ten Hag. Could have went one of two ways. Could have went the Ranić side of things, the soul Shark side of things, or could have went like Ten Hag and Ten Hag come out of this with the experience of someone like that in your changing room of a big name. There's no one bigger. So whenever we're sending players, and there's players thinking of throwing the toys out of the palm. Ten Hag's been there and done it now with Ronaldo because when you're coming from a team like Ajax and you haven't got superstars in your team like that, when you've got someone like Ronaldo and you're able to handle him the way Ten Hag's handled it, I think he's come out of a situation looking unbelievable. And to me and to the fans, I think, the most fans, that's been the most likable thing about Ten Hag is his man-management stuff.
0: Um, everything. I, I can't find a single fault with him. I mean, every time I hear him talk after a win... I I love it because he never turns around and and, and over-eulogizes, he never turns around and says, we were magic, we were improvement, 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 and he means it, right? Said something tonight that I thought was prophetic and beautiful, this is not a pitch you learn on, this is a pitch you deliver on, right? And and this is a really, really important point because we are sitting here emerging from a period where we've been giving players two, three, four years to show they're good enough, I singled out Paul Pogba. I'm going to single out Donny van de Beek. Son, how long do you need before... I know you've been injured, but you've had two years at this football club. You don't get that long at a top club, whether it's Manchester United, Real Madrid, or any top football club to show that you're good enough. right? You have to show glimpses. This is the same for Harry Maguire, the same for any footballer who's been in a significant long run of poor form. Right? This is not... you know, the, 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 this is, We're not taking a heuristic approach here. You need to deliver... When you play for Manchester United, when Marcus Riceford made his debut for United, seventeen, he scored two. All right, he didn't know he was going to be in the game until the warm-up. Not I Chance presented itself, he took it. All right, that's what you have to do. You get a chance at this football club, you take it. What you don't do is you don't get two, three, four, five years. We have to buy this football already unlock him. We have to do this. 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 We have, to do this we have to play this system. This system needs this manager. Need no. And I'm glad to see Ten Hag laying down the law and saying this, everything is about earning the right to play.
1: I, th- I think what you said, there's perfect. And obviously for us as fans, we like that because it's, it's more like what we've seen years ago at United. Um, they want it, you to set up an only fan. So. Yeah, do you know what? The people are calling for it, mate. You're going to have to do it. You're going to have to speak to your big mate, Danny. And- and get something oh, so you don't you be
0: starting the only fans you get arrested
1: <laughs> <laughs> no but it, obviously obviously against West Ham on Sunday I want to see more of the same as what we're seeing tonight we need to keep creating these chances I don't I don't think Ronaldo should start I know he scored tonight but I don't think he should start I think I'd play Rashford down the middle I would play Sancho probably much to your amusement you wouldn't have no I'd have to my amusement Sa- Sancho I, on the left and, and, and Anthony on
0: the right I read Sancho and but I just feel he's not a winger. When I watch him, I'm like, when I think of a winger, but maybe I'm wrong. Is he enough to
1: play down, down the middle? Probably not. I
0: don't know. I don't know. And that's a really good point because where do you, who do you leave out? I wouldn't leave out Fernandez. Um, I wouldn't leave out Ericsson. This is a problem for Jaden Sancho. Jaden Sancho doesn't exhibit any of the characteristics you associate with a with winger, right? He's technically very, very good with a ball at his feet. Right. He um I didn't forget about Sesco and Manson admit, but I'll 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 i it again I'll, I'll elaborate a bit on it. Um Jaden Sancho doesn't exhibit any of, of, of the characteristics you associate with the winger, but maybe that's partly because that position is changing, like we said, where it's not the old fashioned, you know, uh hugging the touchline chalking on the boots, you're you're playing in a more centralized position, which I think suits Sancho. Um, the problem for me is he, he he's not quick enough to play out wide because he, he very rarely beats the defender, takes him warm and, and, and creates. He's someone that drifts inside quite a bit, um, which is okay if you're an overlapping fullback, I suppose. Um, and I think Malaysia played well with him because uh, I think he's a bit quicker than Shaw. Uh, but Jaden Sancho was a bit of a identity crisis about what he actually is. Is he a is he a false name? You know, someone that can play central or is he a winger? I I honestly don't know the answer to that yet. Um, he's technically very very good, but there's parts of me are getting a bit concerned about him. Um, his like I said, he, he started off really really well, but. I think it's a mark of progress that we're sitting debating things like whether Jaden Sancho fits in this team as a false nine or an out-and-out winger, rather than talking about what we were talking about last season, that Manchester needed needed an exorcism. And, and I think Tim has given it to them. And uh, so to follow up on that, as it was, as as mentioned uh about Cesco. So I mentioned this a little bit about bit, 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 uh, mentioned a little bit about this earlier in the pod. So I spoke to a couple of people this week, um, and uh, these are well informed people whose opinions are not opinions who work in football and who I trust. And uh, we were just talking about United and their need for a striker, and I was told that um was still very much on the list. I checked with a couple of people. Uh, there was no denials. Um, In fact, there was a mention about whether it could happen in January. It was unlikely, but next summer is still very much a possibility. Uh, If it was going to happen in January, it would be about bringing the budget forward in January. Um, Obviously, you need to have a concern with Cristiano Ronaldo. Ten Hag has told him he badly wants a striker. Ten Hag will know exactly who he wants. Um, And uh, obviously, Cesco is someone that is... Very, very highly rated. Um, the the concern for United, of course, is there's not a lot. There's a lot of other clubs looking at him. United are also heavily looking in the South American market um, with the possibility of doing something in January. Is that's a very real, distinct possibility that they will do something in January. They're not going to let Ronaldo leave the football club and not do anything. Partly because of what you said earlier, because they have to take into consideration that Andy Martial may not have a body capable of playing professional football week-in, week-out anymore. I, don't, I really hope that's not the case um, because he is such a loss in this team, and this is probably a team more suited to his abilities than anyone else, uh, than any other previous United team, maybe Solskjaer's team for a while. Um, but I think this is a much better team than Solskjaer's team. Uh, I would also say the rumours about Edwin Van der um Is he not United you know, director of football already? Anyway, how many players is he signing you know? Um No, no truth in that that he is going to come to Manchester United. Uh, that they made him an offer. Uh, they're quite happy with John Murda in that position. I don't know, bit of trouble for tweeting that out the other day. By the way, <laughs> I was asked to delete.
1: What what was the tweet that you sent? That I don't know you guys seen it.
0: I, uh, I was only out for it was on that Edwin van der Sar. It wasn't so much the information that was how it was worded. I got in trouble. exhausted, to to reword it. Um, but uh, the message remained the same that uh, van der Sar um, is um, is is not someone you needed to consider him, um, put, uh hiring as a director of football. Um, and that leaves a really open question for John Murda because. There's no question all of United's signings this summer were Ten Hag sentence, not John Murda's. And there's no question what United are going to do going forward. Maybe Murda and his team do the due diligence on Ten Hag's targets, but it'll still be Ten Hag driving recruitment.
1: I uh, Did all these signings have to be signed off by Joe Glazer?
0: Mm-hmm. 100%.
1: So every single one of them and every, every single one going forward, is that where the likes of the rumours about Michael Edwards, who was the former Liverpool director mm. or whatever he was there, coming into it? Do you think that he takes over that role then that Joel Glazer has or, or whilst the Glazers mm. are at the club, does that, does that rule really continue that Joel Glazer is the final say, even though he has no football knowledge whatsoever, on any player coming into this football club?
0: Joel Glazer is, United's you know, director of football de facto. In other words, he makes all the final decisions. On who gets signed, all of that, he is in charge of every metric, every how much they pay, how off, you know, the the structure of the payments, every single thing goes through him. So, it doesn't matter who United, are down. I mean, look, this is lots of owners do this. To be fair, um, and I thought, well, this is going to burn a bit. Um, a lot of people in key positions at United actually quite like him. I think he's a quite nice, likable, reasonable guy. Um, Joel Glazer is. Yeah, and I almost made me sick say, trying to say, say that. A
1: straight face. Say yes. great, face. honestly,
0: no. But the, if you speak to people at the club, this is what they'll tell you, right? the. I'm um,
1: sorry. Sorry, the, these people at the club who are letting someone with no little to no football knowledge make crucial decisions. Oh, of course. For this mul- is yes, of course. Is ludicrous. So. You can think he's nice all you want, but it's a ludicrous decision. Truly. Oh, I don't
0: think he's nice. Here's the reality for Manchester United, Calum. no matter if they win every game of season. Manchester United need money. Nucleus just don't have it. right? So they're trying to kick this down the road and hope that there's a, a Super League that is palatable to fans um, in, some sort, in some format, because these bastards will be back. Um, and it's a cash grab. They don't care what, what destruction they do to the pyramid of English football or football in general or matches netted or, compa- or or the competitive nature of European football. They don't care. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. They don't care about a single matches netted fan. All they care is that you keep paying. They don't care what, whether you're happy or not. They care what you do. They don't care how you feel. Right? So if fans are pissed off but still pay, they don't care. They don't care if you're unhappy inside the ground. right? So these people need money badly. In an ideal world, if they can find a way to keep a hold of Manchester United with getting money from something like a Super League, they do it because they believe you know, it's one of the most prized assets in, 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 in sports, which it is. Um, so, as I have been told and a num- numerous other well-informed journalists, you know they've been offering a piece of the football club out for a while. And they sold a part of the football club two years ago, for $134 4 million, but there were Class B non-voting rights shirts. No one wants that anymore, right? So for the Glazers, the Glazers have a problem. How do you attract investment, hundreds of millions of pounds, which they badly need to invest in Old Trafford and other infrastructures, and they don't want to invest enough in infrastructure? Um, how do you get that money without a commitment to surrender complete control of the football club, what's the what's what's the incentive for someone to invest? Because here's the thing with United, we could be sitting talking about mashing at six months from now, with Ten Hag and a mess, the football club turned upside down and things back to where they were, right? Where United are making progress, but they're still a long way from where they need to be, where it's a solid football club on solid foundations, right? So things can go wrong very, very quickly. And the Glazers have tried to attract investment. You know, they seventy eight hundred million, and there hasn't been that appetite from people. You heard what Jim Ratcliffe said that he would be willing to do it if there was a way to owners to to owning the football club. I when Jim Ratcliffe came out in the summer and was talking about United being for sale, some of the people that I was talking to at Bloomberg and some of the other organizations expressed shock at that they said to me usually the opposite happens usually any potential interested party downplays the fact that an asset is for sale so as not to alert other people and attract other bidders right you hear this in football all the time my player is not for sale well you know or, or this guy's not for sale or we're not interested in that player, is not to attract other potential buyers right um so it doesn't surprise me that he came out a month or so ago or a couple of weeks ago and, and, and changed. Change course by saying that, you know, according his information, didn't enough for sale. All I can tell you is, one hundred percent. Unless someone's pulling the biggest scam, and I don't really understand why they wouldn't want to pull a over my eyes and a bunch of other people's eyes, um, and and going to such extraordinary lengths to prepare documents that are irrefutable. Um, in my opinion, that are that are rock solid. Um, then. I, I I would I would say it's the biggest scam of all time of with because it's not just me, of course, there's tons of journalists that have talked about this um, I'm still getting information on this that I find extremely reliable from people who are anonymous, don't have social media profiles, they have no interest in the attention in fact they they, they insist on anonymity, so again it would be incentive for them to do this um and so to me. The, the reason why United were trying to get investment over the summer and looking at this is simply because the money wasn't there to do the things that they need to do. Don't take my word from that. Take Richard Arnold's. Well,
1: look, I, I'm a bit... Uh, what's the word? I'm a bit of a numpy when it comes to this, right? So I'm going to ask your opinion. What is the benefit of the Glazers staying around in, an, in the middle of an economic crisis, which is only going to get worse, by the way, that you're ultimately going to lose money in when the... The, benef- the benefiters of what your product is, which is the United fans, don't want you. They're number one. You're losing money over the period of the next 12 months, the next six months, whatever it is that they stand at the football club. Why are they not structuring a sale, a sale of the club right now? What's the reason for it if you're going to lose money? What's the benefit to them? Well, the I mean, look, brands? it's even,
0: a, even to dilute your ownership to, if you turn around and say, we're going to sell 30% of the club, whatever. Right and get, a, get um, I don't know, 700 million to reinvest back in the football club, why would they dilute their ownership um, and take seven eight 800 million and invest it back in the football club? They don't invest money in Manchester United. Why wouldn't you just sell the club 100% outright, walk away with the money? The only thing that these people care about is money. They don't own Manchester United because of their prestige. They don't care about football. There's no interest in it. If Manchester United were not providing them with dividends and losing money, they get rid of it. So, obviously, once so the the football United club, disappears, then... For them. What's that?
1: Are Manchester United still profitable for the Glazers at this present time? Well, they're still paying
0: dividends, but that is going to... I mean, it all depends on what 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 happens over the next year, you know, how, how United continue to perform financially. Um depending on whether that's sustainable or not, but they would reached the precipice this summer, where you to do the things that they need to do to continue to have the bare minimum investment in their business, they need to raise money. Well, there was only a couple of ways of doing that: selling Class B shares with no voting rights, which people don't don't want; selling the football club, um, or getting external investments. Well. The problem with external investment is big investors want a return on that. Whether well, that comes in the form of you're essentially selling off future revenues, which native vehemently denied they were doing. They never vehemently denied the club was for sale. They never vehemently denied the club was even partially for sale. But they did find a voice when it came to whether they were going to sell off future revenues or not. And I think it's more telling what they haven't done more than what they have done. So um, this is this is a this is a, a major concern over the next, I mean, even for next summer's budget. You know, where is the money coming from? And, and Richard Arnold's already told you this, and that's obvious by looking at United's financials. It's going to have to be borrowed. Come the, bar, the, the price of borrowing money in six months is going to be not a million miles off what it cost them to borrow money to buy a football club, almost credit card limits. That's not sustainable. And by the way, if you go back to when the last time they refinanced, Hicks and Gillette went bankrupt. They didn't refinance. The Grazers refinanced three months before that, or they would have been in exactly the same situation, in my opinion. And that is, a, uh, that is a, a, an illustration of how highly leveraged Manchester needed are. And it's always calculated against future revenues, your ability to borrow well, United are so un- unstable. They can't turn around and borrow money and say, look, we're going to be in the Champions League in the next five years. You, no matter what happens this season, they can't say that with any degree of confidence this summer.
1: It's a scary situation where we're um, still debating whether the Blazers are going to be gone or not because it seemed like at one point in the summer that it was only a, a matter of time before they're out. And really, right now, we don't know if they are coming or going. And I know you're you're swaying towards that they are going to be out of the club within the next nine months or so, is basically what you're saying. But again, I, I'm not 100% certain on that.
0: Well, the reasons why they're offering the football club and offering parts of the football club, those reasons still exist and will exist in six months. Um, those reasons are going to have to be addressed. Manchester United will not sustain where they're at without continued investment. Do, do they have the money to do it? I don't know. So uh, unless they... Are willing to put money into the football club to and that's the only thing that's the main thing that's required of them right now you've owned this football club for 17 years you've taken a billionaire it badly needs you to put something back in if you want to keep a hold of this for next year or two they're not willing to do that and they, these are not multi-billionaires um, that have the resources to do it so you know, these are, the, the, this is not Stan cranking. And I would also caution that just getting a billionaire, a, a, you know, an extremely wealthy billionaire will not all of a sudden mean you need can go into the market and buy whoever they want. Um, as we've seen with Arsenal, perfect example that that doesn't always happen. Um, but if, you need know, to get to a point where they're not leveraged, where their debts are paid off, they, they you know, they could spend 200 million every summer, no problems. So, um and, and it wouldn't it wouldn't be an issue, uh, but uh, who knows if the I mean I I I mean I can't I'm, I can only tell you what's going on. I can't tell you what the outcome's going to be, but whether the the I mean there's there's definitely interested parties that have made propositions to the Glazers to buy that football club, um, and I still believe the most reasonable extrapolation is they'll sell because those reasons are only going to get worse financially over the next. Um six to nine months in my opinion. Hopefully there is. Hopefully. Um folks, we will go ahead and leave it there. It's been an arm yet. So um thanks to all of you for downloads, likes, retweets, follows. I hope your mental health is good. Thanks for everything. Folks, we'll be back again next week. Much appreciated. And um hopefully sure, right. quick quick prediction, quick prediction, Mr. Jeremy, before sure. this weekend. You need it, you need it,
1: made it waste, huh? Mr. Jeremy, you may watch Call Me Up with all these people watching and your Tinder profile popping up on the right outside. Um, to United. me, to you. To me, to you. 3 1 United.
0: 3 1 United. All right, Mr. Chocolate Brother, we'll leave it there. See, See you later. later. Have a good one. Bye, mate. Cheers. Bye.